0: years ago and I kept the papers and I've been studying it and we try to see in unit one uh, becoming like Christ and uh, you can shake yourself and said, am I drawing in grace and knowledge well if you're growing in grace and knowledge then you're becoming more like Jesus if you're not becoming more like Jesus then I'm not saying you're not saved, but you're not growing. And we always look at our children, you know, at the weight and the height and the structure. Is he growing? Well, I think the spiritual end of it, too. So last week, we began on experiencing freedom in Christ. As you grow, we have worldly experience, life experience, as we call it, but we have experience. Freedom in Christ, facing the truth about the war within ourselves. You know, we go to the doctor, and the doctor may say, you know, you got this, and you need some pills to sort of calm you down and to keep you, you know. And uh, I realized that I was not myself, still not myself 100%, but, you know, the doctor I went to, he said, well, maybe we need to put you on something I said, no, uh, I have Jesus. And don't take it wrong. Would I take some sedatives if needful? Yes, I would. You know, some people won't. That's fine. That's between you and whoever. But when you know your problem, you know, and uh, we need to... Grow in grace and knowledge, and if you're a child of God, and if you're not growing, now the world will say, well, at least you're not falling back, but you are. If you're not growing in Christ, and you're backsliding. It's like you're either saved or you're lost. There's no in between, and as we looked at in the book of James, you know, chapter 3, you know, we have read that last week. You know, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace to them who make peace. From whence come the wars and fightings among you. When we don't keep our body calm, our mind calm, then we do things we shouldn't do, we say things we shouldn't say, and then our situation gets worse. I think that you got to know your... Your body, you know. I knew that about two weeks before my wife died that I had never had any experience like this since I had surgery. Matter of fact, I didn't have that experience before I had surgery. But when I walked up the hill, uh, my heart would flutter. So that's where the echogram and the stress test, you know, all that other rolling out. But Praise God, there wasn't anything wrong with those things. But I see now, gradually, I'm back about 95%. I can walk at a good pace, and my heart don't beat faster. And so it was, you know, we lose control sometimes without really thinking about it. And, uh, you know, and so he gave me some exercises. I've been doing those exercises, you know, and, but trying to not think about things, you know. And that's hard. That's hard. You know, the picture that Mike drew of her, you know. I had it in my study. So every time I sat down in the chair and I looked around, there she was was to look at. Very beautiful woman. But, I mean, you know, I, it's, 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 it just tore me up. So I had to take the pistol down for a little while, you know. Couldn't, couldn't do what I thought I would do. Wasn't as strong as I thought I was. Well, we experience freedom in Christ. And when we quit depending on ourselves, and begin to depend upon a higher power. You know, we shouldn't be ashamed. You know, anything that I have to do to make my health better, I'm not ashamed to, to say it. You know, my, you know, w- we all have problems, but our mind usually don't get better. Our physical bodies don't usually get better. We got to do some things, and we ought to be willing. It don't mean as weak. It don't mean that. We don't believe in prayer, but everything that's wrong with us, we pray and ask God to help us, but going to the hospital may be what God wants us to do, to have that fixed and to get to talk to somebody about the Lord. But whatever that is, as we grow, we experience freedom in Christ. We're growing, and we see that when we come through something difficult, we praise God for it. Praise God for it, you know. I'm not the only one that has experienced that, you know. We sometimes how things happen and we all hasten, you know, to tell somebody because says, will oh, that dude's got a mental problem. Oh, I've had a mental problem all my life, you know. But that's not because of that, you know. When God puts stuff upon us, sometimes we're not ready for it. And it could be because, you know, we're putting our energy somewhere else. And we always got to remember, you put that energy where God wants you to, but you can't take care of somebody else until you take care of you. We've got to remember that. Always remember that. If you don't, it catches up with you. So a lifelong objective in Christ, we live in peace with freedom from the control of sin. Don't you feel better when you're not doing something you know you shouldn't do? You know, and people look at me sometimes like, "Are you saying I do something sometimes I shouldn't do?" I know you do. I just don't know what it is, because none of us are sinless. So we think something, or we act a way. You know, and we think about sinning. You know, we say, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't drink, I don't take drugs, I'm not unfaithful to my spouse." There's other sins, and I think that if we should turn our burdens to the Lord, as the songwriters say, and leave it there, and we don't, that will come back to haunt you. God can handle every problem I've got and every problem that you've got, but you've got to take it to him and leave it there. We left off around here the summary of God's work you. You know, Christ desires within us to facilitate the work of the Father in our life. Now, what I just said, there is something God has for each of us to do. And you sometimes got to start the conversation to get that started. God didn't save you, brethren and sisters, just to keep you out of hell. That's the greatest benefit, you know. But that wasn't why he saved you. I mean, he saved you on purpose and for a purpose. And if you believe Ephesians the way I do, because the Bible says it, my name was in his book before he created the world. I wasn't saved when my name. That's our buddy West got in some problems you know, trying to explain that. There's some things you can't explain, you just believe. Now, there may be some of you that do a better job of explaining predestination. i believe in predestination but to give you a biblical answer if you will not accept just what god says and you want an explanation sometimes we leave the true meaning of predestination and get into foreknowledge and get into some of these other doctrines and then you, you know, we just say well you know i'm just confused so what I don't understand, I'll just leave alone. You would leave alone 95% of the Bible. What you don't know, what I don't know, if we'll pray and ask God, he'll show it to us. That's experiencing our freedom in Christ. If I was to ask each of you, what does it mean to be free in Christ? The two boys here are y'all 16, right? Yeah. Two more years and I'll be 18. You know, 18 is when we think we make all our decisions. No, you don't. If you do, most of them will be wrong. That's not discouragement. It's like believing that when I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, then sin won't have any hold on me. It just works. Temptation just works. The closer you get to the Lord, the more the devil wants to bring you down. That's the objective. Satan knows he can't get you sold, but he wants to run your reputation. He wants to run your influence. So, we need to experience freedom in Christ. Our growth in holy desires is obtainable only by seeking the kingdom above. All other things are second choice. We have time. I'm going to nose these about five seconds. We have time to watch TV, but we don't have time to read the Bible. We have time to talk about, did you see that show? I mean, you know, you know, there was a time in my mind, see, I'm not really a television person, but on Wednesday night, there's three Chicago shows. You know, I said, man, all I have to do is just ask the church to move Wednesday night to Thursday night. You know, I don't watch a lot of television, but that's three problems i like. I would hate to think what God would do to me if I asked him. There's nothing on TV as important as being in the house of God when you're able. There's nobody should be above God when you have an opportunity to serve Him. That's experiencing. It's not hard after you do it. You make a stand. You've got to make up your mind. It's a summary of God's work. See, but see the fourth thing on on unit two is. A disordered mind. James says that our lusts are at war with our members. You know, that's if I stayed home so I could watch my favorite television show. I'm not honoring Jesus first. I don't care if it's, you know. It used to say, "Well, I watch movies, but I only watch Disney movies now." Man, you got to be careful with that statement. Now, I mean, but they're gone funny on you. You got to be careful what's stand. We had a preacher that that said, "You know, I don't take my kids to." Disneyland, and we don't go to Disneyland because we're not going to support that. Guess what the two kids had on? Two little Disney shirts. You're supporting Disney. Now, you know, I don't care whether you support Disney. That's between you and the Lord. But if you're going to make a stand, make sure it makes sense, you know. Some are like the itch, you know, I choose lower wants over higher wants. But if the lower wants is coming before God, it's still sin. Don't make it down. What you put before God is sin. The process of toll of freedom is my job, and you know, it is desires. Conflict, am I going to turn to Christ? Am I going to turn to self? Life is a life of decisions. I mean, I like to have this auditorium so I could really get deep for the teenagers. I mean, every decision you make is going to affect your future. I mean, if I, if I draw anything over my family when it's talking, when they're dating, you know, cousins, nieces, you know, whatever, Be careful who you marry. And sometimes that person says, I believe in God. The devil believed in God. Believing in God doesn't make you go to heaven. Prayer. Christ helps me get rid of desires that conflict with his. I mean, if you, and I use search attendance, there's a lot of things that, you know, we, we use. But, you know, when you not going to make the decision that you know you've been taught your parents have Taught you, you practice all your life, pray about it. Pray about it. I believe that if we have church members that will pray before they get here, the service is better. Now, I've only seen this, and none of y'all, that was, you know, the bad members that used to be here, you know. What I'm talking about. They show up in the parking lot, just mad as hornets. Open the door, come into church, and all smiles. God's seen that. God's seen that. Our young people needs to know that. Mom and dad may not know it. The pastor may not know it. Your grandparents may not know it. But God knows it. And you're the one that's going to have to give an answer to God. The order, the mind of Christ. You know, look at James chapter 3 and verse 17. James, chapter 3 and verse 17. God said here, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, Without a hypocrisy, that's wisdom from God, and we will make no mistakes if we follow the wisdom of God you know and i I was telling somebody about my granddaughter Caroline that you know she she wanted to call me the grandfather. You know, everybody, all the other kids could call me Peppa. So uh, she asked her mother to dial my number and she said, Grand Pepo, It's not grandfather. I'm going to call you Grand Pepo." She said, if they're going to say something <laughs> that I say, They ought to say it right. I said, how old are you? But she's right. I don't care whether she's three years old, four years old, five years I don't care how old she is. If you're going to repeat something, you ought to say what the person said. And if you don't know what they said, don't repeat it. Did God say that we can learn from the little ones? But see, we, we see the two things, and I do, but we can learn so much. That innocent love, you know, that innocent love. We need to realize exactly what God is saying here. But the wisdom that is from above is first peer. Now, notice, if I was to say, and I did say, there's some human wisdom, but God tells us that. He said, but the wisdom that is from above. So there's worldly wisdom, and then there's heavenly wisdom. And He said, above, it is from above, it is first. I loved that the first time that God showed it to me. First, wisdom from a God from above is pure. There's no hypocritical, or no hypocrisy in it. It's just pure. That's why that we love a child, they're so innocent. You know, the caroline at her age doesn't know the difference between grandfather and grandpapa. I never heard anybody talk grand all, but I said, I love it, yeah. You know. But see, it is pure. From the mouth of babes, God said. We need to stop and learn, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting old, but I enjoy, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy when those grandkids, you know, when they're like that, when they get like this, mm, they seem to forget everything that anybody taught them. But, but God is right. Wisdom from above is first. Is first then it's peaceable it's gentle it's easy to be entreated oh the word of God is is just full of of explanations like this that we can take and apply to our lives notice with me in Galatians chapter 5 Galatians chapter 5 Verse twenty two God said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. There is no law against this what a blessing it is to be able to know the difference you know very meek and temperance against us there is no law I heard brother Hunley preached one night on on that and he said I can wrap it up in you know when you're walking in the spirit there's no place for anger exactly right when we're angry and saying things and doing things that we shouldn't and yes have I done it I most certainly have but it ought to tear us up when we do it godly wisdom fruit of the spirit let's get through a couple more One is great passion. Jesus' one passion was to do the will of his Father. When I say, what is your passion? What is the most important thing for you to accomplish in these next three months? I mean, you've got October, which is, You know, uh, a beautiful month. The trees turning, you know. But, uh, you know, if you live where I live, right across the uh, street, they got about a 15-foot whatever and something else on the side, and they take off to Tennessee. And, you know, my bedroom is right there, and that big ugly thing is going on and off, on and off, on and off. You know, I said, I wonder what would happen if I stick a pen in it. You know, But that's what October's for. I mean, it's for celebrating this wicked holiday. And it's wicked. But my my point is, Jesus' passion was to do the will of his Father. What is your passion? What is my passion? If you had the ability to do anything you'd want to do in the service of the Lord, what would it be? What would it do? What would you do? Turn with me to Luke, Luke chapter 2, Luke the second chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish not that I must be about my father's business? So the passion of our Lord and Savior was to do the will of his father. I mean, it's not saying that we as Christians can't enjoy life that we can go places and do things. But our passion is, you know, our passion is, is, you know, and what I'm going to say, I have no problem. If that's what any husband and wife you want to do, I know several people that when they take a vacation, they're, you know, one of them go one place. One of them go another place. You know, I heard the Red Shelfsons say one one time, you know, that you ought to take your wife out to lunch. I go on Tuesday and she goes on Friday. <laughs> you know, they ought to, you know. But to me, I never thought, took a vacation in the fifty five years that I was married without her being with me. I'm talking about a vacation well oh, i I may go hunting, you know, but I'm talking about a, a vacation but but you know we just never had circumstances that some somebody else has. but if Jesus is my Lord and Savior. My number one passion is that does my life please him? And I've been passionate longer than some of you old. And has he been pleased with me every day? I doubt it. I doubt it very seriously. But it's my desire that w- when I leave this earth and stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ that I'll hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what it's all about. Because if I'm doing what he wants me to do, then it's, it's like I, I use it and I haven't found a better, you know. If you're going to have a good marriage, there's got to be deposits You've got to deposit some things before you withdraw some things. See, you get in trouble at the bank if you withdraw more than you have deposited. Marriages are having trouble because there's no deposits. You know. But if I've got a lot of deposits, then I can sort of mess up and she don't want to check me out. Because I've got some. How many deposits do we have defeated Jesus? Turn with John six thirty-eight. John six thirty-eight. Notice what God says. John the 6th chapter. And verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. My prayer for myself is when I get up in the morning that I do his will before I ever think about doing mine. You know what his will is for me. I change the same for you. I've got to talk to him before I do anything. I've got to talk to him, and it don't have to read. You don't have to read four or five chapters. You just read a few verses, but get a word from him. Word from him. and So God says here in, in John 6, verse 38, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now you may not be a preacher, but if God saved you, you got something to do for him. You got something to do for him. Nothing nothing makes a mom and dad happier than to hear somebody break on their son or their daughter. I mean it's just it just does something to you. Don't you think God I don't know whether he does or not, but I like to think that when we brag upon his son, that it doesn't add anything to God, but he must be pleased. That God loved me so much that he would give his son for the life of a sinner. He did. See, I could never do enough. We collectively can't do enough. But I've got a series of sermons that I've never preached. It is what God will do with the church when we're all on speaking terms with him. He said, "Well, I, I don't understand. <laughs> well, I was married for fifty-five years, and I didn't. You know, uh, I talked to my wife every day. You know, it may not be the subjects that she always liked to hear. I'm not sure, but we communicated every day." If you're not reading your Bible and you're not praying, you're not communicating with the one who gave his son for your life. You don't have to be an hour prayer. You don't have to read the Bible for an hour. But, you know, you've got to be one of great passion as we close because Jesus was dominated by one great passion, all his attributes worked hand in glove with one another. With one another. Because what did he say? I came down here to do the will of my Father. You know. And you know. That, you know, I've had three children. Some of you had had more. Some of you only got one. But it, it makes no difference. Nothing pleases you like your children being obedient. When they respect you, they respect the mother and father, they respect the grandparents, and they love the Lord.